You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, July 21st. We are deep into summer, and I hope you're making the most of it, whether you're venturing out on planes and trains or just staying close to home. And we are back with CIO Vince Kellen for part two of our interview. We resume by asking Vince about the nature of his job, including the distinction between Chief Information Officer and Chief Technology Officer. If you missed the first part, we do have the last episode of the podcast up on The Current. Well, one, that's the origin and convention uh, for a title like this. CTO is meant to designate somebody who's more interested in the technology that makes up information technology more than the information itself. Now, the way I view the role is concerned equally with both, both technology and information. And I, I like the term information as comprising both. So that's why it's called CIO, Chief Information Officer. You know, there's been a lot of titles growing up in IT, different chiefs, chief data officer, chief technology officer, chief this, chief that. You know, those, I'm not necessarily big on on trying to make everything a chief title. Um, in fact, one can call me, you know, director of, of information services, and I'd be just as happy. Um, but I think the key is for IT professionals, we have to be concerned about information, not just the technology that makes it how information is used, how it is perceived, the good and the havoc it wreaks on the organization, and more importantly, how our human organizations have to adjust in order to accommodate information appropriately. So information just isn't technology. It's also about the lifestyle of the people who consume the information. Just as I go to a doctor and the doctor says, Vince, you got to exercise more, the doctor can prescribe my lifestyle problems as part of my treatment and care. And I think we should be doing the same, certainly, and doing our part uh, to contribute to that. Aside from being grilled uh, at interviews like this, what is the hardest part of your job? The hardest part of my job is staying on top of the breadth of activities, you know, every way around. Um, you know, we're the center of everything. So there's a, a million things to attend to. Now, fortunately, we got a lot of good people here in, in the unit who, who where, where I don't have to do that. But my curious nature leads me to want to know because I'm just so interested in technology and how people use it and how they create it. And so I think the hardest thing is keeping up with the breath. Probably the next hardest thing is working through difficult personal issues related to change. You know, we, we create change in IT for ourselves. We create change in others. That change almost always creates a difficult reaction from people. So the change management aspects, while they're the most difficult, they're also the most intriguing to me. Um, I'm very interested in the, the complexity of but again, it's, it's harder to move that along because you're trying to move, a, move along a population that will in time grow in their skill and ability with the various systems and the various information that they receive. Uh, so there's natural human defensiveness around new information that we have to sort of disarm 
in order to get the organization to actually use the information wisely. So I think the change management aspects and the organizational defensiveness aspects are the some of the most challenging ones. What's the most rewarding aspect? I actually really enjoy seeing IT people go through the change. So, you know, I'm cut out of the IT cloth. That's where I've been almost all my adult life once I fell in love with computers in my early 20s. Even though I spent time in the business realm of life, I never really left geekdom. And so I'm really interested in how technology people grow and develop over time. Uh, and I find that the most rewarding part, especially when we can you know, light the fire in somebody and they suddenly take off in a new direction and it redefines their life and their potential as they find a home for their passion and their skill. So what I call that skill passion alignment with with work is is I think the most rewarding part. I'm to understand you're very accomplished in martial arts. What is the martial art that you study and practice and how did you get into it in the first place? Um, I started martial arts Taekwondo at 18 years old, uh, became a black belt in about five years and instructor just prior to that and was an instructor all the way up until about almost 50. And then mother nature told me, stop doing it. And uh, so literally, uh, I, I haven't taught or trained in Taekwondo uh, since, certainly since I've been here and probably a little bit into the when I landed in Kentucky. But the time was right because, um, you know, the body, I, I was punishing my body too hard, mainly my hips. So it's either continue ahead and have a hip surgery earlier or or time to move on to other things. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't have done some, something that long and got up to third degree black belt under a very, um, what I call traditional and incredibly intense high energy uh, sort of uh, workout. Along the way, I got to uh, work out with many professional athletes when I was in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, uh, on the football teams and baseball teams down there who came into our conditioning sessions and got to work side by side with them uh, in many cases to understand the world from that perspective. Uh, and then more importantly, dealing with um, teaching all those years, especially kids and adults, I taught them both uh, from six on up. Uh, and it really didn't matter. We'd often put them both in the same class, kids and adults. In some ways, kids do a little better than the adults. Uh, from a teaching standpoint. So obviously I started teaching very young uh, and kept teaching all along. So I think what the martial arts gave me was certainly this love of teaching, but more importantly, kind of a, a, a playbook for how to cultivate excellence in yourself. And that was its biggest contribution. Uh, because I would describe myself as perfectly average before I entered Taekwondo. And then over time, quickly found how to use the lessons I learned from Taekwondo to apply them to excellence in myself. Who's in your family and how did everyone fare during the age of COVID? Well, uh, my wife and kids, we all did really well. Uh, we all got uh, vaccinated, which was great. Um, as it turned out, we all got the same vaccine, which was interesting because my daughter's in, tennis, in Tennessee and my son is in Mississippi. Uh, so everybody's healthy. 
in that regard. And in our immediate family, everybody's been healthy uh, and hasn't been affected. Now we've got a number of friends and cousins who've had some terrible losses mm -hmm. uh, and deaths due to COVID. So it's not like we were isolated. Uh, we certainly knew good friends who lost loved ones during all of this. Back on what our family's been very good. My mom lives in Antioch and she's been just fine. Antioch, Illinois, she lives and she's been just fine too. So that's been uh, going well for her. What do the Kellens like doing together as a family pastime? Well, now my kids are older. My daughter's uh, taking the bar and then going to be starting a job in DC. My son is finishing his fifth year in accounting. We're a family that skied. I was a ski instructor as well in my past, in my 30s. Uh, my wife was a ski instructor from the time she was 17 up until she stopped doing skiing uh, when we moved to Kentucky. But as a family, we've skied together. Uh, the kids have been skiing since they were, they could walk. As soon as they could walk, they got on skis. So literally about two. And they're both excellent skiers. So that's one thing we do together as a family. And then myself, I have 50 fruit trees and two small greenhouses, and that keeps me uh, busy on the weekends and uh, sometimes even in the evenings. All right, very revealing. I'm going to ask you one more. What's just one more thing uh, that you might be willing to share that your esteemed colleagues may not already know about you? Well, I want to dig in a little bit to this playbook around excellence because it has so much to do with change and change management and organizational defensiveness. And the playbook kind of goes like this. One, have confidence. And if you don't have confidence, you can learn confidence. And there's ways of doing it. There's a specific approach to gaining confidence. Uh, but two, trust yourself. You know, one, gain confidence, trust yourself. Number two, you're going to have to push yourself into challenges that you might think are beyond you. One thing I learned in the martial arts is we do that almost gleefully. And breaking boards is one of them. We're constantly trying to see if we can not break boards. I mean, we want to break the boards, but now the consequences for not breaking a board could be a broken bone or some serious bruising. Uh, so there's some serious consequences there. So we take great care and practice in preparing for that. Um, and we'll have, oh, hundreds of hours of practice before we even do the break. And so be prepared to push yourself in ways that you're gonna feel uncomfortable. Number three is the level of preparation and the intensity of the preparation is important. What does that mean in work? Well, even when I work, I prepare for everything. Um, and sometimes I'll spend a year in preparation. Things that I write are often percolating a year before they come out. Uh, so there's tons of preparation that goes in. So by the time that I do it, I've kind of already done it a bunch already. I'm just now ready to do it. Uh, so persistence and preparation become the other aspects. And then don't worry about what people say. You know, I was reading about Elvis Presley, who at every stage in his career, from grade school on up, had adults telling him he can't sing. It's amazing. Even when he was 19 and starting to break out, there were record producers saying, you can't sing. Incredible. For whatever reason, he had this incredible obstinance to not listen to them and continue to, uh, to expand. 
And so uh, I advise people don't listen too much to what other people say, follow your own passion, hone what you do in your craft and get better and better at it and commit to trying to be best in the world at it. Meaning reach out to others across the globe who are superb at it and kind of gauge yourself. Okay, how are they doing? How can I do better? Uh, so, and the last recommendation is compare yourself to the best. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no reason to shrink away from that. Just use it as a challenge to learn something. And the reason I bring this up is IT is an industry that where the sky's the limit for the individual. You know, there's so much potential in the IT career that I encourage people, you know, keep pushing yourself, achieve the excellence that you can. And, uh, and, and there's lots of opportunities that, that will unfold for you. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.